Welcome to Masters of Self University Podcast, your highest source of sacred truths and universal wisdom. Hello, beautiful souls. I'm Rachel Fiore, mystic, spiritual teacher, psychic healer, and founder of Masters of Self University. Join our journey of soul transformation as we deep dive into this latest episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to Masters of Self University podcast, another episode that I am so excited to dive into. I'm Rachel Fiore, CEO of Masters of Self University, and I am here today with Emily Armstrong, one of our certified mystical coaches. You all know her from the UK. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so glad to be here. Can't wait to dive into this topic today. I'm so excited for this. So let's tell our our listeners what our topic is. Our topic today is called the ways that our wounds hide from us. The ways that our wounds hide from us. They can be sneaky little buggers. Lots (laughs) of programs, lots of wounds. What I usually refer to as like what's in our blind spot. And let's get real. This is what makes up the majority of what our quote unquote shadow self is. The very things in our shadow self, those are the things in our blind spot that we are not aware of. We're not aware that's even a wound or that's a program running. We have no self-awareness in, in that moment that we are running a program based on an unhealed wound. We want to get better at seeing what is really hiding there in our blind spots, because if we can shine the light on them, bring them to the surface, that's how they can then be alchemized, transformed, healed, and they no longer cause us pain and suffering anymore. They no longer cause us to sabotage relationships, for example. So the wounds, the ways that our wounds hide from us, Emily, let's dive in. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the most significant thing um, that I've come to in my in my journey and there's been obviously many many things but this really stood out to me because it felt different um, it was an occasion that I arrived at having felt an opportunity had um, changed it had become something further away a bit more distant and um I realized I had a huge amount of pain and that immediately made me think, where has this suddenly come from? Because this is a huge amount of pain. So what, what's really going on here? And pretty instantaneously, I kind of understood in the ways I've come to know, I just accept, I sort of understood quite quickly that um, a wound had been hidden from me. It had been, um obscured is the word that came and it felt immediately like a sort of a balm had been removed and so I I understood from that that I had a significant wound one that was um centered around not belonging which is one I've worked on for a very long time good wound not belonging wound that's a big one yeah that one hurts (laughs) Um, uh, that was effectively kind of being cushioned, soothed by this opportunity that came quite out of the blue, quite unexpectedly. I hadn't sought it out. It was just something that I guess I I had subconsciously internalized as, um, you know, being some form of specialness or being selected or whatever it might be. And then once it sort of changed a little bit or maybe I just perceived it, it it had, um, the pain kind of rushed forward quite a lot. And so I realized that actually there was something sort of settling on top of a wound and keeping it from view, keeping it from being felt, um, which was huge because most of the time when I'm looking at triggers and wounds they're not always obvious but they're usually out of negative things you know things that happen and you're like wow that hurts and 
I'm going to delve into that. I'm going to open my heart to that. I'm going to do all the things that we do um, with your wonderful process that is, you know, life-changing. Um, but this one was interesting in the sense that it, it was covered up, you know. And so as soon as I found it, I started working on it. But it's it just showed me another way that our wounds can hide from us. It could, they can be in our shadow and um, in our blind spot. So that was really a significant learning for me. And um, one that I, it really, it got me. So it, for me, it's where I kind of embody it on a, on a, a body and soul level, rather than just knowing it in my mind. That one, definitely that went right in. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's dive in and let's get specific for our, for our listeners to make sure they can understand this and mm -hmm. make sure that when you listening to us right now, I want you to be able to see this in your own life, how this might be happening for you. So an opportunity came and it seems like, so let's put this simply, it seems like something positive is coming, something yes. positive is coming. And then that positive thing, an opportunity, a chance at something, it changes, something changes about it. Boom. Uh-oh. Now I'm triggered. Now I'm in pain. I'm feeling quote unquote negative feelings about this shift or this change or this possible quote-unquote lost opportunity we could say that right yeah and in that I noticed that I am in pain oh my gosh this is bringing some things up for me and what I'm going to point out to our listeners right now is sometimes opportunities or positive things come to you and they might shift change they might fall by the wayside they might no longer be there and it's like why did that come in and it was so that something deeper that needs to be seen from your blind spot, some wound that needs to be healed can be activated, vibrating, showing itself to you that discomfort, how uncomfortable or painful or whatever programs it triggers and activates within you. It was for that purpose so that you could actually see something was in your blind spot that by moving about your day every day, you know, meditating, doing wonderful things, the beautiful things that come, this had to show up in order to activate something in your blind spot. Is that a good way to summarize it, Emily? A hundred percent. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and it really opens your eyes then to looking at other places in your life where that can show up too. You know, once you've kind of seen it, it's hard not to see it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's then dive into, I'm going to piggyback off of that for our listeners here, because I want to go deeper into how our wounds can hide from us. Uh-oh, take a deep breath, a lot of you. Here it comes. <laughs> There's your warning. Here it comes. Here comes the challenging truth that we're going to expose today on this podcast. And that is, that is all of the support systems that we put in place, all this massive years and years of people, find your tribe, find your tribe. And I always tell people, go fuck your tribe, get out of here, stop it. Now, that does not mean, does not mean you don't embrace loving, supportive, wonderful people. We have a community of wonderful, incredible, amazing, you know, insanely supportive people at Masters of Self University, the community that we have and what these coaches do for each other to support each other is just, it is so beautiful. I mean, it just brings tears to my eyes sometimes when I think about how supportive our community is. They're so loving, mm -hmm. right? But what I want to point out when I always say, go fuck your tribe, is people often try to find their quote unquote tribe so that they can have everybody around them tell them how wonderful they are. Mm -hmm. Always support them. Divine support. Divine support includes speaking the truth, whether you want to hear that truth or not. Divine support is telling you what you don't want to hear sometimes. Yes. Because that's it's an aspect of unconditional love. The way of truth the way of unconditional love, two ways of oneness, those are ways that where we are actually in our divinity. It does not mean we are not in our divinity. We tell somebody, oh, you're just perfect as you are. <laughs> 
you are so amazing. You're so, I'm going to nurture you. I'm going to love you. I don't want you to feel pain. That's actually pseudo-spiritualism. It is pseudo-divinity. It's mask wearing. That is not what we need. When, when, when you're supported by another, we have to start to gain the discernment of divine support, divine love, and codependency enmeshment. So let's talk about that, Emily, because I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. I'm just going to support you. Oh, you know, and then it's like, wait a minute, how are our wounds hiding when someone else is nurturing and supporting us? How is that working? Because a lot of times we cover up and suppress our wounds by having 20 people from our tribe show up, our tribe show up and put their arms around us. Yes. So how can that actually be harmful sometimes versus healing? Yeah, well, it can be harmful because you're denying that person the opportunity to heal, full stop. (laughs) Um, Because everything isn't perfect and no one is perfect and there is a lifetime of healing. You know, it's not three months and you're done. We have the skills to be able to continue this work on and embody it as a, a lifestyle choice, essentially, and continue that process of healing. And so from my perspective, if your tribe is, you know, denying you of that opportunity by saying everything's good, I'm always here by sweeping in whenever you're low or, you know, supporting with your healing in a way that leads to codependency. I need you in order to be able to feel better, to move through this, etc. Then, you know, it's it's. Uh, defeating the whole object which is community is here to support they're not here to handhold and to do it for you and to disempower you um and there can sometimes be a fine line with that I think I found myself have to you know self-check on occasion Uh, you know am I doing right here is this something that um still feels in integrity am I still coming from a place of power um, and and not using my community in MSU or anywhere else you know other friendships and other communities to um, to tip that balance into the place where it, it's not in balance and it is leaning and it is over support and it is codependency so I, I do a, a, a little check every now and again especially post discovering this <laughs> this kind of positive trigger, if you like, um, that it's really important to just be able to to notice that uh, on an ongoing basis. And I'm I'm doing it even now with a new friendship that I've made as an adult, you know, a really very deep (laughs) um, connection, you know, probably a a soul connection, um, no doubt. And I think for me, because of this underlying wound of not belonging that I still work on now and have done huge amounts on, but it's still there. You know, it's a huge one. It's one of the core ones for me. Um, I have to do a check around non-attachment, around, you know, keeping boundaries healthy, around not bringing in codependency, any neediness, any any dependence, um, and instead just keeping that loving and neutral but 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 loving you know neutral in a loving way does that make sense I hope so yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah in, and in that kind of healthy balanced um way that I feel we all need to do on occasion I don't think it's like I get it intellectually and now I'm never going to do it again I do think it's an ongoing um yeah, integrity check and and kind of surveying where is that, especially when life happens and things maybe feel like they're going wrong or they feel not great at the time. Sometimes, you know, you can forget yourself. And I, I often find if I'm leaning into some disempowerment, I need to bring myself back. Um, because I'm responsible for my healing, another way of oneness self-responsibility and radical yeah. about keep bringing it back to you <laughs> lovely that is so beautiful one of the things you said is um about people's circles or their tribes or their support systems are they swooping in whenever you're low mm. and i love that you said that because 
are they are they swooping in every time you're triggered or need help or go through a challenge? Mm-hmm. And a lot of you right now listening are going to be, well, isn't that what your support system is for? No, that's what codependent enmeshed relationships are. Yes. Very unhealthy, very dysfunctional, extraordinarily disempowering. That is the definition of disempowerment, that you need other people to swoop in forever and always when you are triggered or you're in challenge or you're experiencing something that is unpleasant or scary or traumatic that you always need someone to swoop in and hold space for you. So sick of the fucking holding space bullshit. I'm so tired of hearing it out there and I'm going to keep saying it until you stop (laughs) doing it out there. You can't hold space anyway. Grab it. You can't grab onto anything. Stop holding space. You're not doing that. What you think you're doing. Crack the whip on that. Why become spaciousness instead You're not holding anything for anybody. Quit thinking you're doing that because you're flipping the energy into a negative controlling. I'm so special. You have no ability to heal yourself. If I'm not holding that space for you, we need to quit it. It's I become the spaciousness. Listen carefully. I'm going to say this again because I really want this to sink in for those who are ready for this. Open your hearts. Listen with your hearts. I transform into the spaciousness, the expansiveness that encourages you to do the same. The healing process of a painful emotion or wound that just got activated requires spaciousness. It doesn't require somebody to hold on to you. It's the opposite. Holding on literally is contracting. And for those of you like, but I don't mean it that way. Energetically, that is what you're creating. That's why I'm teaching this to you. So you can stop making the mistake out there. When you say I'm holding space, that means you're creating a container. Some of you can teach it this way. Create a safe container. Get out of the fucking container. You're contracting and keeping small what could be healed. It Listen to your words. I'm holding. Uh-uh. No, we let go. We become bigger, more expansive. Spaciousness itself, divinity itself is expansive, infinitely expansive, not contracting down and becoming small, making some stupid container. It is expansion. So I'm teaching this for a reason. When people come in and swoop in to save you, They're actually creating smallness, neediness. They're treating you like you are incapable of doing it yourself, which means they are helping to co-create with you disempowerment, powerlessness. Mm -hmm. No more. We don't need that anymore. We don't need that anymore. Why would we want to keep doing that? We realize we're doing it. Yeah. But we can't stop doing that and inhibit the actual healing or alchemizing process, alchemy process. Until we see that that is actually what we're doing. And this is how, this is one of the most common ways that I see out there. People are, their wounds are the ways that they hide from us and stay in our blind spot is through this very thing. We think we're creating a loving, supportive community when really what you're creating, and it doesn't mean 100% of the time, but a good portion of your tribe or your supportive community, so to speak, is creating nothing but powerlessness and codependency on each other. Yes. Let's get real. If if that entire tribe, I know this is going to sound morbid and horrific, but come on. Let's say that entire tribe, you went on vacation somewhere and your entire tribe was meeting together on the beach and a goddamn tsunami came and they all died. Like, I know, crazy, psychotic, like, <laughs> example. <laughs> You know, I like to give those examples to get the teaching across and wake people up. And I'm doing that right now. I'm punching you all in the face. If that happened and your tribe died in a freaking tsunami and you were the only one left, what the hell would you do then? How would you heal yourself through that? And this is what I want to hit home because this is what makes Masters of Self University very different. Our coaches like Emily and all the other amazing coaches, this is what makes our work that we offer incredibly different than what's offered out there is we teach you 100% divine power, how to access it. You are divine power. 
That is what you have inside of you, whether you have support from any other being or not, you always have you. Yes. Yes. Always have you. Yes. Number one, this is so true. And the empowerment piece is at the center and the core of all of your work. It always has been. And sometimes you can know it on an intellectual level when you're learning this for the first time. And it's only with some time that you come to know it like it's part of you. It's entwined, you know, it's a different level of understanding. Um, like a, it's a felt experience, which is so much deeper in terms of teaching. And you can almost teach yourself if you follow the process, you go through the healing steps, you adopt it as a lifestyle practice, then the lessons you're teaching yourself without even realizing it, it's just unfolding. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful to be able to see that. It's not the easiest. <laughs> when you no. see that in yourself, you're like, holy crap the hell um and then yes it it shows it brings to light at least it did for me a lot of other areas and and also on the flip side of it if you are the person swooping in what what wound are you hiding from because yeah. <laughs> if you're doing that uh, feeling as though you're being supportive and no doubt you genuinely feel like that may be an intention but there may yeah. also be wounding there you know i need to be this person that's the savior that's the rescuer that is the help, the support that holds things together. You know, I need people to need me, etc. All the wounds that fit under that, um, those actions. It's it's also that. So it's just those that might be in that role of supporting yeah. or over supporting. I think we probably more accurately call it. Then um, it's also taking responsibility for. Oh, I've, I'm I'm that in this person's life. Maybe I need to, um, you know remove myself step back a little bit or maybe I need to bring that to the other person's awareness whatever's yeah. more appropriate but that is also a form of taking responsibility but it's just on the other end of the other end of the table um the wounds are so sneaky they hide in so many places even when you feel like you're well-intentioned it's just that deeper level that deeper truth uncovering that there's something more there's something there's something else there you know, I've learned with this work that there are so often multiple truths alongside each other. It doesn't yes. mean that thing is untrue, that you're not intending to be a good person and supportive and you don't love that person. But it might also be true alongside with some other truths that are yet to be to unfold, that you're also acting from woundedness, that it's also coming from that pain. So 100 percent. Magnificent. Absolutely magnificent. So this goes back to some of the teachings um, that are offered are to pay attention. A lot of people say, oh, your intentions, your intentions, everything's about intention. Mm, careful. Mm -mm, that's not black and white. Because your intention in this example that Emily offered, your intention could be really a good intention, a quote unquote positive intention. Oh, but I'm just supporting my friend or I'm helping my partner you know, because they're, they're wounded, they're, they're in this pain, and I'm, I'm swooping in, and I'm being loving and supportive. That's what partners do, or that's what friends do, or whatever. And your intention might be good or positive, except what we teach at Masters of Self University. How are you actually showing up versus how you like to think you're showing up? Yes. Are you actually showing up as somebody who enables, which therefore means you're preventing that person from true healing from growing from growing up if you're enabling them it doesn't mean you're intending to enable you're intending to do good but in your blind spot is the savior complex in your blind spot you are pushing down suppressing hiding your own wounds of unworthiness by showing up oh if i heal you if i help you if i support you i'll show you i'm worthy and i'm a good person so our wounds, our wounding, oftentimes go over to other people's wounds and they want to help and handhold and support. Why? Because I don't want to see my own wound. And if I help you, I don't have to look at my own wound. Yes, That's entanglement. That is entanglement. And we do it. I see it constantly out there. I see it in coaching programs and coaches. And I see it in spiritual groups and healing groups and all this crap where we are actually just my wound is showing up with a mask on like I'm spiritual or I'm a coach or I'm a healer 
And I'm actually enabling other people to stay in their powerlessness, their disempowerment, their wounds, their unhealed stuff, because I get to be the special heal or the special friend or the savior. And I get to show you I'm so good. Look, I'm a loving friend. And all of that is entanglement. Mm -hmm. It's all dysfunctional codependency. And yet we can't see it because we think, but my intention is good. Mm -hmm. I don't give a flying fuck what your intention is, anybody out there. So I don't care what the fuck your intentions are. <laughs> what I teach and what I care about is divine sight. Yes. The self-awareness, how am I actually showing up for this other person? Because that's all that matters in the end. Indeed. And that, and that is actually what you're bringing. That's the truth of what you're bringing. Even if you don't want to see it, and many people won't, but for those that do, that do want to see that stuff, and there's much more to uncover, yeah. then coming here is the place you, you, you know, where you'll be able to discover that, uncover whatever is hidden and out of view, any of the wounds and anything that doesn't feel obvious. And even if you've done a lot of work, and you know, many of the coaches that came to MSU have done a lot of work before yeah. they came here for sure and yet it's different in the way that you mentioned because you know one of the, the many ways is because you are you are going deeper it's not just words you you are delving to something deeper you're uncovering new things new truths that are there they're not your truth they are just the truth of the situation i.e what you as you said how you're yes. showing up what's really going on and if you're prepared to be able to see that, if you have the courage enough, because it takes it, believe me, to be able to keep going back and going and learning a new lesson and realizing what you thought you knew, you didn't really know. <laughs> you know, that one's interesting. Um, I actually had a conversation with my higher self of sorts the other day, and she just basically was like, just please just stop trying to understand. Just please, please, please. I'm not going to know. There is no knowing. It's not figure outable. There is nothing to figure out. It's literally not a thing that you can figure out. So just, there's no knowing, just go with it. So I'm just flowing <laughs> completely now in, entirely. Oh, beautiful. I love it. Yes, you have the courage to keep going there and getting to the deeper layers. It really is, it's so worthwhile. That for me has been huge, is actually learning the process, doing the steps, and then just going deeper. Where, you know, my, um, myself, I don't even need to lean on my community, but yet I can receive the support from them as and when I really need to in the times where I really need that support and I'm still my spacious powerful self but sometimes extra energies can help lift a little bit when you've got a lot of density inside of you when you've got a lot of pain you're moving through especially if they're shame wounds they're some of the most horrendous and you might just need a lift someone else or some other group of people to just help just be there and and not have any agenda and you do it yourself but they just lift the space and that for me is the sort of I think the thing I've come to know is the as support in the healing sense you know not what you were talking about which is a lot of coaches because I'm in the coaching world I have been for a long time and a lot of therapists and other modalities so well intended and yet missing the point you yes. know and it's just having the courage to be able to really see that that's that's the truth it doesn't mean your intention isn't good, but it also means there may be some other wounds. So just let's, let's get in there. Let's just find them. Let's eliminate them. Let's lift the planet up a bit, please. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. That is, that is beautiful. I love it. And I just want to piggyback off of that a little bit and reiterate that, you know, when you really learn what self-empowerment is, it doesn't mean you are always doing the work alone. Mm -hmm. You have your expert, you have your professional, you have your coach, you have your guide, but that they are offering you only as much as you really need in order for you to be successful and do it on your own. So I'm going to give a silly analogy because whether you ever played this or not, it doesn't matter. You understand it. So let's say that you, you are a little child Picture a little child who you're like, eh, you know, let's put him in baseball. Let's try baseball. Well, you're not going to play baseball at four years old. You can't. Mm 
you don't, you're not big enough, strong enough, coordinated enough. You don't have enough brain development to have a ball pitched to you and you actually swing and hit it. There's a lot of coordination, right? So where do you start with? You start with T-ball and you literally set this little plastic wiffle ball on top <laughs> of a, a stand and it is stationary. And you give them this little bat that they it's light enough for them to hold and they swing. And isn't it amazing? They still miss that damn thing. Mm -hmm. they'll swing over top they won't hit it they'll hit the base the t-ball fall right off they won't hit that damn ball but you set them up in a way that they can learn with practice effort yes. to actually start to hit that ball off of a stationary tee and then what happens you you make it a little more now they can do that you make it a little bit more challenging you take the tee away and you underhand a little easy toss nice and slow and then they practice hitting a moving ball and i think we all can understand where this is going <laughs> that eventually you grow older you get better at it where your skill level is higher you don't need that anymore i don't think any professional baseball player needs to have a tee in front of them in order to hit the ball they're hitting 90 mile per hour fastballs faster than that I don't know the fastest, sorry, I'm not in that world. Um, but whatever the fastest fastball is, <laughs> they're hitting those, right? So mm -hmm. that is what I want everybody to understand when we talk about this work so they don't get confused. Wait, do I always just 100% do it on my own? Well, no, you need the T, you need the that coach to gently toss the ball to you underhand nice and slow for you to be successful at that level. And then what? We back off. You can do that part now. Now we take you higher. Now we're throwing a ball faster. Now you get a heavier bat, for example. And you progress in that way with the work that we offer at Masters of Self University. But the point is, at the core of that, the center of you, the truth of who you are, becomes more powerful, more independent, more capable and able, and more skilled to do this for yourself over time. That is the whole point of what self-empowerment is. It's not about you figuring it all out on your own. It's about us guiding you back to yourself and teaching you, guiding you, encouraging you, supporting you while you gain the skills to fully do this for yourself always. So when you need extra help sometimes, it doesn't mean you won't, just like Emily was sharing. It's, oh my gosh, I'm going through an extra hard time. I'm going to reach out to the community. It's not that Emily or myself or anybody else can't do it on their own especially at this stage of the game. It's just, you know what? I would love some extra support, some extra divine energy while I move through this thing because it would help me become more powerful right now. That's oneness. Yes. That's the difference of codependent, enabling, being entangled and enmeshed in a dysfunctional way versus stepping into our power while being divinely supported and guided along the way. Indeed. <laughs> it's so true it's so true um and so I am so eternally grateful for the community I have because there have been many times moving through lots of deep wounds that you need people from time to time for sure and exactly the ways you've described just keeping it in balance and being able to be that for someone else when they also are moving through something very difficult um is also a joy and um, I'm glad to be able to reciprocate. So um, yeah, it's a very important thing to have a community, but it's that real distinction between community that's supportive and the tribe to your word that um, is over supportive and is, is leaning into woundedness. Definitely. There's a huge, there's a wide gap that oftentimes it can feel you know, like they're, they're, it's a bit of a blurred line, but there really is a wide gap between the two. You just have to be able to go within and actually connect and see that for yourself. Look deeper, look deeper. It's there, <laughs> always there. And um, and yeah, it's it's been it's been quite a journey of just uncovering a lot of things since that one. And I feel like it's even when you are with supportive, you know, other coaches are very lucky to be part of the MSU community. I have brilliant, wonderful, very talented people, um, you know, at, at the touch of a button and it's wonderful when I really need. Um, 
but it, it, it does open the floodgates for seeing quite a lot of other things that are going on in your life. Um, and I, if I can, I'll, I'll just speak to one more example because there's something sure. that was coming forward that was um, related to how wounds hide. Um, very soon after kind of discovering this one and realizing that in working through your book, the 20, the 20 Universal Ways of Oneness, it's... Um, it's been interesting to see things unfold in my life as I've read the chapters and digested the chapters and spent time with them. And just before reading the um, chapter on the way of patience some months ago, um, I actually had an experience of, of having the way of patience delivered to me through. Um, yeah, it was juicy <laughs> Real juicy one. Um, I went for the first time to um, Glastonbury Chalicewell. Um, I live quite near Glastonbury, but I'd only been one other time and never been to the tour or the, the Chalicewell. So I made the trip and whilst I was there and sitting in, in silence with a bunch of other people in a beautiful space with just the perfect amount of sunlight dripping through, um, I received the way of patience in a way that's difficult to um, articulate with words but it was both a mix of divine light and also nature and a lesson through um, which was actually a spider web and a spider um, and how she was so divinely waiting having done all the work and crafted everything for um, abundance you know obviously for her it would be the tasty fly that comes along but it's waiting patiently right at the center diligently and I didn't have all that mental process going on I sat there I noticed it instantaneously the light shining on the web with all the dew and the 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 fact that she I guess from my perspective represents the nature part of that way the two together came in pretty instantaneously and understanding oh patience divine patience and and soon after some of the other things um began to kind of emerge around um uncovering wounds that were hidden um from my view around the way of patience specifically with my partner and you know patience and romantic partnerships so um of course it would be in that kind of example but I I suddenly was able to see with that way of patience within me embodied some different um, wounds that were hiding in that particular way, which was specifically how I was trying to cultivate patience with my partner around something that I'd already judged him for. So it was judgmental patience, which is defeating the object because I had a wound, a program of judgment around something that I was trying to cultivate patience around. And that is not the point. And I did not see it. I could not see that until this way came in and I was able to suddenly with much more clarity, see that wound, uncover that blind spot because of the power of that way. It uncovered it in a beautiful way. And so that that example is one of many <laughs> in uncovering um, in how wounds hide. You know, that's just another example within that beautiful way that I'm very grateful for. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I'm going to recap a couple things and point a couple things out for our listeners so that they really get this. This is so powerful what you shared. So when we become and we are learning to embody one of the universal ways of oneness, the way of patience. Um, that Emily was sharing, she received the, the way of patience, this frequency with the way of patience, the way of patience was al allowed her to see it opened up her divine sight to some of the wounds, some of the programs that are hiding. This is so common in so many people. So for example, the way of patience can allow you to see where, okay, I'm trying to be more patient with my partner right now. And yet I am in judgment of my partner right now. I mean, how many of us have done that? Let's get real. Like we have all done that. Come on. 
we're human. We have all done the judgment thing. And so this is where our programs, our wounds can hide the ways that our wounds hide from us. They can hide behind a program. In this case, for example, it's for so many people, judgment. Mm -hmm. So here's my little teaching. You cannot force patience. So when we are in a, oh, look, I'm observing myself. I'm not being, I'm not being very patient right now, which means, okay, I have to become more patient. Well, be careful. I teach things differently because it's for us to see, okay, wait, self-awareness. Good job. I am not the way of patience right now. That's what we observe. I am not the way of patience right now. And in this work that we teach at MSU, okay, what am I instead? So what am I right now in this moment? And we can see in this moment, so I'm not the way of patience, which means I'm being impatient, right? So I'm impatient right now. But why? What else is running? I am in judgment. Mm -hmm. And here's truth, divine truth. Divine truth is if I am in judgment right now, I cannot possibly be the way of patience. You can't be both. You're one or the other. If I'm in judgment over, over something or that somebody is doing, if I'm in judgment of someone, when I am in judgment of them, I am certainly not in the way of patience for them. We see that, right? Our listeners, you understand this. So if you understand, well, what program am I running then? I'm not in patience. I'm judging. I'm judging. So judgment hides is hiding what our wounds, our deeper wounds get to hide behind. We get to hide behind that judgment. So we can't see what the deeper wound, why am I so impatient with this person right now? Oh, he's really pissing me off. She's really pissing me off. I'm so annoyed with my partner right now. And I'm judging them because they are blah, blah, fill in the blank, whatever, whatever annoying thing they're doing. <laughs> they might be doing something really annoying or unloving or whatever, but I'm so impatient right now. Why? What's the deeper thing? And that's where at MSU, we do the work of, okay, well, what programs am I running in this moment? Judgment, whatever else we connect the dots and we lead that leads us to those dots connecting the dots lead us to uncovering what is deeper in there, which is really the thing that prevents us from being able to offer patience to that person. Even if that person really is kind of showing up a little bit as a shithead. <laughs> Cause it doesn't mean they're not, they might be, <laughs> they really might be running some of their programs. Why am I in, impatience versus the way of patience and it goes deeper that's the beautiful thing about this work it takes you to the deepest core root of everything it really does, it really does. and it's so great when you get there <laughs> at this point I'm like yes this is excellent Although it's a little painful initially you're like oh yep. <laughs> yeah definitely a few of those like shocked emoji faces but I definitely at that point um I, I've learned to I, laugh a little bit as well because there are times when you're like really okay, okay. <laughs> we're doing this one now um and yes I say that because I totally <laughs> um some people are being a shithead yeah. <laughs> and that is an example of two truths alongside each other yes this might really be shitty but yet what's your side of the street and do you know it fully have you cleared the whole lot? Because if you haven't, then you can't arrive with the way of patience or indeed any of the other ways. So beautiful. I love it. I want to also briefly touch on this because it was such a magnificent example. So we're getting to the tail end here, everybody listening, but I do want to highlight this. Emily shared so beautifully when the way of patience came to her that she actually saw it through a spider and a spider's web through nature. Yes. And here's the most magnificent thing about all of the ways of oneness is nature is not outside of us. We are one. It is, we are nature. Yes. We have grown up in separation programs. We think of ourselves, we actually call nature the things out there, <laughs> plants, animals, insects, wildlife, we call all of that nature and we exclude ourselves from the definition of nature. The truth that's what we get out of this. My truth bullshit that everybody loves to do the truth, the way of truth in oneness is 
nature is nature, but we are nature. We are nature. Nature is us. We are all one. We are nature as well. And that's why the most magnificent thing that you said, and I was so excited when you shared it, Emily, was that, well, I saw this through nature, through a spider and her web, because that nature is always a part of the ways of oneness. Mother Earth is who we are. We are her. Okay. And even if that's challenging for some people to understand at this point, just breathe and open your heart and let that sink in a little bit. This is what oneness consciousness is. We are not separate like we live our lives to be. And so that spider showed such an incredible, amazing message. Mm -hmm. Vibrationally, intuitively, energetically, and also by role modeling that that spider did all the hard work to build her web. She worked hard. She put the effort forth. She created. And after her creation, she sits patiently in the energy of receiving. Yes. And she is then, she put the hard work in. You do the work. You put the effort. You do all the work. It takes a lot of work to create a web, especially when some stupid human comes along and, <laughs> and breaks the web and says, oh, there's a spider web. Get it out of here. <laughs> And then she has to do it all over again. And she's starving. She didn't eat, you know, yeah. but she does all that beautiful work, this gorgeous masterpiece, this artwork of a web, which is amazing in and of itself. And then she sits in receiving in openness, in spaciousness. Yes. She patiently waits for her food to simply come to her. And then she gets to eat then she gets the abundance. She receives the abundance. It's such a beautiful analogy. Nature is such a magnificent teacher for those of us who still live in separation of the nature that we are. Yes. Yeah. Goodness. Yes. And with everything, a hundred percent and more. Yes. Um, yeah. Just reconnecting with nature um, on that level is mm -hmm. different. It's not yeah. the same as just go connect with nature, just go ground, just go walk in the woods. All of that is lovely. It is yep. lovely, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same as, as feeling in your bones to the deepest core of you yeah. that you are nature, that, that she is you, that you are one. Yeah. It's different from knowing in your mind. Um, so I am forever grateful anytime something like that comes through and I'm only able to get to something like that because I'm clearing my side of the street. I'm yes. allowing more light in. I'm allowing nature to touch me that deeply. It's yeah. the only way I've ever discovered to be able to do that, to reach that level of depth. So it's depth on that level too. That connection is, um, is so exquisite. It's, yeah, I wouldn't even be able to put words to it properly. You know, it just can't. So yeah, there is so much more to be had. It's not just about your own healing. It's also in healing, you're creating your web and then the abundance comes through in the gifts you get with this connection and, and other things that come through that I also cannot and sometimes struggle to put words to. Um, yes, it's always about doing the work and the patience and the abundance flows. It does. And then just being in gratitude, um, very much so. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. It is magnificent. Thank you so much, Emily, for sharing and for your wisdom and for your beautiful, magnificent abilities as a coach and as a healer at Masters of Self University. You're wonderful. Anybody that um, is just blessed enough to be touched by the power that Emily is. I mean, she's just such an incredible coach and healer. So for those of you who are ready to get your free consultation and move forward with the work, the coaching that we offer, the healing work that we offer on the deepest levels out there at Masters of Self University, please go to mastersofselfuniversity.com. Sign up for your free consultation. Get details about our coaching programs. Um, seek out Emily. Try to get a consultation with Emily. She is amazing. And for those of you, whether you're ready to move forward with that or not, you can always purchase Mason's Way, yes. the 20 universal ways of oneness taught by the spirit of an enlightened dog. 
uh, you can go to rachelfiori.com. You can look at the ticker on your screen for that website to go check out and purchase Mason's Way. Um, those 20 universal ways of oneness are here to enlighten you and enlighten the world. So start reading, take advantage of that now. And just to mention and put out there, uh, we have classes on the universal ways of oneness that are offered starting in January. Go check that out at mastersofselfuniversity.com. So go ahead. Thank you so much, Rachel. And you are amazing. My gosh, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Thank you as always. And please, everyone, buy this book. Even if this is your entryway into MSU, this will help because there is so much light in there and the level of depth, you can embody this. It, it takes work and it, it takes commitment and devotion and willingness, as Rachel always says. And it's the truth, but you can get there and it's here for you. It's available. There is, um, there is this one way that is enlightened and beautiful. And thank you, Rachel, for bringing it to the world and for doing the work that you do every day. I know you work so hard and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners. It's always so special when we get to share this wisdom with you. Please remember, subscribe, give us a like, share this with other people so we can help enlighten them as well and guide them to the step-by-steps that they can take, um, every way that they can take to allow themselves to truly heal, become fully self-empowered, and eventually become an enlightened being. And what does that really mean? Not a spiritual being, an emotionally powerfully free human. That's really what it means to be enlightened. Self-empowerment, that's what we're all about here. So we send all the love in the universe to everybody listening. Do that, like, subscribe, share, go to mastersofselfuniversity.com, sign up for consultation for our coaching services, check out our website, sign up for our classes starting in January. Ah, oh, especially about the universal ways of oneness. Woohoo, <laughs> cannot wait, cannot wait. And go purchase the book today. We love you. Yes. Thank you for listening. And we'll all see you in the next podcast. Bye for now, everybody. Bye, everyone.